Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm your host, Amit Kohli, and welcome to a special edition of the Crick Index podcast. Over the next hour or so, we're going to dig beneath the surface of the Shreesant case. The ongoing refusal of the BCCI to let him play cricket again, the failure of the ICC to intervene, and his planned return to Scottish cricket and why it's being held up. Indeed, I'll be joined by the double World Cup winning Shri Shreesant himself and Eddie Gibbs, director of Glenrothes Cricket Club, who is Shreesant's UK associate, assisting him with his return to cricket. But of course, our regular listeners will know him as the host of the Crick Index Scottish Weekly podcast. We also catch up with Dennis Friedman in Melbourne, who is the host of Australia's most popular cricket radio show, Can't Bowl, Can't Throw, and has wrote extensively about how the BCCI are being allowed to play a judge, jury and executioner in the case of Shreesant. So let's get on with it, guys. Uh, Shri, good to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's always great to be in the show. Fantastic. Sure, it's been a year since we had you on last, uh, where you won the High Court uh, verdict. Uh, how have you been in the year? What have you been doing? What have you been up to? Because obviously the ban is still in place. Yes, I've been. Uh, God's been kind. I have, uh, you know, I've been quite busy with uh, getting ready. In fact, I was uh, preparing myself to play the first-class season for Kerala, but obviously everybody knows I didn't get the ban lifted. So. I'm still waiting, but then on the other side, I did a couple of uh, movies, um, and uh, you know, I've got a baby boy now. I have a daughter last year, so now this year I have a baby boy. And uh, family-wise, yes, superb. But the only thing which is missing is cricket. Yeah, congratulations on the, the birth of your boy, which was uh, was it uh, late last year? Uh, yes, uh, it was uh, November 23rd. Was the baby uh, boy's birth? And uh, yeah, after I spoke to you, I think I did. Uh, conduct uh, contest in the elections as well. So yeah, yeah how did that go, Sri? Uh, are you planning uh, to make a, a move in politics again, or do you think that was something? Uh, I, no, all I wanted to do was uh, you know help the sports people and uh, try to send a message that you should never give up. Um, and it was a great opportunity for me uh, to make sure uh, people like me or anybody uh, should not go through what uh, me and my family or my friends went through. So it was more like an effort to, uh, you know, with the help of central government, make some changes. And I was fortunate enough to make some changes, and I am still with them. Um, so 2019 there is elections, but I, my focus will be on playing the World Cup rather than the elections for the time being because I'm just 33. I got easily 10 years of good cricket left in me. And you, you still keep fit, um, following your sort of Twitter and Facebook and things. I take it you, you're still uh, working yes. out. You do a lot of strength and conditioning. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm blessed to have. Uh, uh, you know, the base is MRFP Academy and uh, Dennis Lilly's uh, School of Cricket. And, you know, Mr. T.A. Shegar, sir, used to be the head coach then. So I was, uh, and I'm, I'm from Kerala, which uh, a lot of people know the most of the Olympians are from Kerala. So I was, maybe I was fortunate enough to be brought up in that way, playing a lot of different sports. So uh, fitness for me, it's lifestyle. It's I don't do fitness for the sake of cricket or movies or anything, but I do it like a lifestyle. So uh, it's always great to be fit. And how is the movie career? Uh, last time I spoke to you, you were uh, in the Pooja Butt movie. Uh, yes. And and now do you have a new movie, Team Five, or has it been released, or is it being? Uh, uh, it... I just I just got. Uh, you won't believe it. Just five ten minutes back, I got the message that the movie is releasing uh, on the seventeenth of March. Uh, it's a Malayalam Telugu Tamil. It's a regional movie, and then 
I finished a movie with Zareen Khan, which is uh, Aksar Two, another Bollywood flick, which will release in May. I have still haven't got the date, but yeah, those are the two movies. And I've been listening to the scripts of other movies, but as as we speak, you know, Eddie knows. Everybody in the world knows. Uh, I am a cricketer, and I'm looking forward to uh, get back on the sports field rather than anything else. Indeed, but you you enjoy the movie scene. Yes, yes, I totally enjoy the movie scene, but. Uh, as uh, the wise man says uh, you got to give your best shot in whatever you do and do that with a lot of passion that's what i did uh, you know but as i again say my heart is in the game so when i did movies yes i enjoyed it but uh, something if you if you really ask me at 3 am what do you want to do i wouldn't mind coming putting on my whites and playing cricket indeed cricket is your first passion Uh, for definite, we 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 all knew that from the way you played the the game on the field, and uh, and, and you know these things are now quite famous now. You know, um, people of, uh, of of certain generations are now telling their children to like you watch the YouTube videos of of these kind of uh, uh, you know the the aggressive Sri Sant, which is it's not something that's known for Indian bowling uh, for mm-hmm. people who are sort of you know thirty five plus. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe in the younger generation now we see these cricketers coming through. And you were one of the first to bring that kind of aggression to the game, um, which is what a lot of people comment on. We will we'll be speaking to Eddie uh, soon enough, and uh, but Eddie earlier on had a chance to catch up with Dennis Friedman, who I mentioned earlier is uh, the host of the Can't Bowl Can't Throw Cricket Show. Yeah, and so we'll be hearing from those guys very soon, and uh, I do believe that Dennis has some very powerful views on these things. The other thing, Shri, I wanted to ask was about your video that appeared on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. of you bowling. So, how did that all come about? Because, as as I understand it, the BCCI ban is still there, so you're not allowed to play any form of cricket. So, how is it that you come to play this practice game? I I get to meet uh, uh, you know my I have seven clubs here, God's grace. Uh, I I'm always involved with them, um, but uh, the ground which I played is my own private ground which I invested a long time back. Uh, it's, you can see it's not a great ground to practice, but yeah, I don't. I have managed to create a decent tough wicket, which has got a bit of bounce. It doesn't look green or fast, but yeah, it's if you put your effort, it's it's a typical Indian wicket. It's a flat track, uh, and uh, you know you even if it's a club cricket, it's very difficult to get him out. So he got really work hard on that wicket. So uh, this is the same wicket I used to practice even uh, before the 2007 World Cup or 2011 World Cup. Most of the series. Uh, so that's the same ground which I practiced. Uh, so there's nothing to do with the BCCI or any other association to do with. Uh, I can go there in the middle of the night and play because it's my own. So God's been kind on that side. So uh, and the team which I played was my own club side. Uh, I played a practice match because we had a two-day game which finished in one and a half days. We won outright. Uh, we got a very good uh, side here. So it's the first division. It's the highest league here. Uh, so we were fortunate enough to uh, defeat them in one and a half days. Not even one and a half days. In fact, 11 a.m. the game was over. So uh, you know, I had planned the day before, guys. If you can finish the match, uh, uh, you know, and give me some three four hours, then I would I wouldn't mind playing a practice match. And we played a 40 over game, and I I did well, quite well. In fact, did you any uh, wickets got, to speak of? Any good figures? Uh, I got two for 32 in nine overs. Happy with that? Yeah, I'm good. I'm and uh, and I scored runs too. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's going good. It's going good. I mean, you know, I'm looking fit, and uh, in fact, I am bowling the best. I think I'm much bowling much better than the way I used to play, and I'm much more in control, uh, even with aggression. Obviously, with age comes uh, maturity, and um, sometimes, as you said earlier about aggression and YouTube, I sometimes laugh at it. Sometimes when I watch it, I was like, "What? The, what are you doing, man?" <laughs> so. So uh, yeah, I come from Mr. Pace Academy, from Dennis Lilly's uh, School of Cricket. So for me, uh, Alan Donald used to be my favorite uh, bowler. So uh, only when I worked with Alan Donald in Warwickshire uh, County, I came to realize how important uh, it is to control your uh, emotions and stuff. So from 2009, I think I have done uh, extremely well on the aggression side, where I have focused much more on my uh, performance rather than. Anything else? It was just not, it was just because of obsession. So, yeah. Uh, Shree, thank you very much. We'll come back to you in a second, and uh, we're going to get thoughts with uh, Eddie Gibbs in a minute about the very latest and where the case sits with the BCCI, ICC, mm-hmm. and Cricket Scotland. But before yep. we speak to Eddie, 
we're going to catch up with uh, Dennis Friedman, who I believe Eddie spoke to. So I'm joined now by uh, Dennis Friedman from Melbourne. Now, those of you who don't know, Dennis was one of the first uh, people to write about Srisant's case uh, when he was exonerated by the court in Delhi back in uh, 2015. Uh, hello, Dennis. G'day, Eddie. How are you, mate? I'm very well. So uh, so you're someone that's publicly uh, kind of come out and spoke about Srisant's case before and uh, some of the rumblings be- behind what's gone on at the BCCI. Can, can you take us back two years to when you first wrote this piece that kind of went quite viral about Srisant and kind of what, what motivated you to write it and what were your thoughts and have they changed any in the, in the past two years, if you like, since you, since you wrote it? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. Um, I guess I, I wrote the piece because I've been following corruption in cricket for some time. Um, and a, my interest probably sparked up. I read a book by Ed Hawkins. It's called Gambler, Bookie, Fixer, Spy. Um, and he's a just a guy that writes for one of the bookies in the UK and does odds on matches and does sort of match previews and offers his odds up. And uh, But he was contacted by a whole lot of Indian bookies um, trying to get inside information and trying to um, understand why they should or shouldn't gamble on England. And he decided he'd go over to India and meet these bookies and find out how match fixing actually worked. And he wrote this book on it. And I encourage your listeners to go read it. Again, Ed Hawkins, Gambler, Bookie, Fixer, Spy. It's a ripper book. Um, and so that's what sparked my interest. I sort of like all this Machiavellian, James Bondy type stuff. And I'm, <laughs> I'm quite interested in... in um, um, that type of thing, and I'm also been very interested in sort of the shenanigans that have gone on with um, the BCCI over the journey, especially in recent times with Srinivas and and now Anurag Thakur um, getting called upon by the Supreme Court for perjury. And I've followed Mudgal and now Loda, um, and the whole IPL scandal. And I've interviewed Lalit Modi about um, you know Chris Cairns, and uh, yeah, I've just had a natural. Um, uh, inkling to follow it, and uh, the Sri Santh one always interests me because essentially he was given a life ban by the BCCI on nothing more than them saying he will be banned. Uh, no evidence has ever been presented, um, and also there's no real system there for rights of appeal or for any sort of natural justice. And uh, when his charges got taken by um, by the Delhi police into the Delhi courts and uh, got thrown out in 2015. Um, with the court using, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially saying this is one of the most ridiculous cases I've ever seen. It's so far from even being a case. I don't know why they wasted their time. Um, it uh, got me to writing the piece to, I guess, it's more of a natural justice piece to sort of say, you know, I think three cents guilty of match fixing, then a couple of things are going through your mind. One, you think the BCCI is a, is a better arbiter of justice and than the court system and that's scary in itself and uh number two he's done nothing more or less than other indian heroes such as kapil dev or sachin tendulkar so why are we um going after this bloke i mean he at the time too i, I remember him coming and playing in australia and uh, as a young sort of raw quick bowler and he was very different to the typical indian fast bowler we used to see he had a bit of spunk about him and um Used to get razzed up a bit, and uh, you know, uh, used used a bit of um, uh, threatening body language and things like this, which was kind of Australian traits that more than the typical Indian traits. And so, there's a, we sort of naturally warmed him, just because he had a bit of that uh, hard edge about him. But uh, I think what's happened to him through this journey, um, for any person that's looking at it objectively rather than um, subjectively. Uh, it has to be seen as a bit of a, a miscarriage of justice up until now. And, um, yeah, I'm interested in the next steps. I, I know you've tried to get him to come and play in Scotland with your team and uh, um, he was, wasn't was given a, a, a knock certificate by the BCCI and it's it's just sort of getting out of control, I think. Yeah, I mean, on that one in particular, I suppose the, the thing there, and I'd be interested in your views on this, is that the uh, obviously the ICC are the governing body of cricket worldwide and uh one of the things that's kind of in their regulations is that a player that's banned by any of their members is effectively banned worldwide without an noc uh do you think it's uh, do you think it's a bit you're talking about miscarriage of justice do you think that's kind of been taken a step further here then in the sense that the bcci has issued a ban it refuses to communicate with either the player or his representatives 
and yet the ICC as the global governing body of the game would allow such a regulation to be upheld in the modern world is that does that does that sort of smack as an extension of the original miscarriage of justice uh, it's really interesting you know um so i'm in melbourne and and the biggest sport here in australia is is, is australian rules football and i remember in the mid 90s um a player by the name of greg williams who was a um uh, won the um uh, you know the mvp award twice um here in australia um got suspended by the tribunal for punching somebody um, and the AFL, the Australian Rules Football League, uh, at that time had no appeal mechanism. And so he took them to court um, and uh, won, not because he was not guilty, but because he had no right of appeal. And that set in train a whole lot of um, rule changes here in the Australian Football League and set up proper um, systems of justice um, uh, to allow sort of, you know, what would be a fair and reasonable outcome to occur. Now, the BCCI don't have that. Um, and until someone challenges in a court of law the fact that they've got no right of appeal and essentially the BCCI is judge, jury and executioner at the moment, um, it's hard for things to change. But you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on in, in India at the moment with the Supreme Court, with Modi and... Um, oh, sorry, with Muggull and, and especially the Lotter Committee at the moment. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more radical changes in, in BCCI sort of governance, which is what the focus of the Supreme Court is at the moment on, on that institution. And I think that's then therefore going to lead at some point in time to having sort of proper mechanisms for, for these things to be heard properly. But um, my take is until, uh, unless Sri Santh either appeals in India to, a, to the Supreme Court um, or maybe goes to International Court of Justice in Switzerland to, to raise his case. I can't see there being any um, real strong prerogative for the BCCI to, to do anything differently than what they've done now. But essentially their system is flawed and it needs somebody to challenge it. So I suppose from Sri's perspective then there may be some hope, would you say, with the uh, with the changes post-loader committee version of the BCCA? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be backing that in too much. I think, the, you know, the, the loader committee is focused on a lot of things. Um, I don't recall, and I'm following this fairly closely, that any of them have got to do with appeals for, for match fixing. In fact, the focus was more on making sure that they have the right people and independents listening to these type of cases. Because if you remember last time, you had Ravi Shastri, who was a BCCI um, employee, being asked to do a deep investigation into match fixing in the IPL, and amazingly came back and said, "No, oh, nothing to see here." Um, but <laughs> you know, so where you've got those kinds of shenanigans going on, that's that's why you have the loader committee going on. But none of none of the, the loader committee or, or um, investigation or recommended changes is about setting up appeals processes for those that have been found guilty. I think their first problem is actually making sure they've got the right independence around trying those cases and giving it due process without conflicts of interest. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be uh, gambling uh, my future playing career on on what Lotta does if I was Shreesanth. I think he, he needs to step away from um, whatever loyalties or misguided information he has in his head about there might be a change there and actually just step it up. I think he actually has quite a uh, an easy case to argue at the um, at uh, International Court of Sport if he goes there, um, or even at the Supreme Court. I don't think it's it, it's hard to argue that um, he's being found guilty of something with no evidence presented to him, nothing presented publicly, and no right of appeal. Um, and that was a long time back, and it's still holding him up from being able to play in, in a Scottish team. Um, none of that um, passes the sniff test. Yeah, I think that's one of the uh, the things that kind of Sri mentioned in his previous podcast that he did on Crick Index, and he mentioned more in this one, is that the, uh, the situation for him is that he has always felt very loyal to the BCCI in terms of they gave him his chance in cricket. I mean, he's tweeted publicly many times that he feels he would be nothing without the BCCI, if you like. So Sri's always been very reluctant, uh, from my dealings with him anyway, to uh, to challenge the BCCI on, on anything. And perhaps that kind of is maybe the underbelly of the issue you've just described about no formal appeal process, because they just, they've just never felt they've had to. And uh, I suppose if the players are on board to such an extent where someone that's been banned for almost two years is still 
is still if you're like reluctant to challenge them, then uh, then perhaps that's part of the problem. Yeah, it's kind of strange. You know? um, I, I reflect on the BCCI stance when Harbajang got suspended by uh, Mike Proctor for for monkey uh, Monkeygate when he uh, called Andrew Simons a monkey and well, what did he say Terahake or whatever he said. I can't remember the term. Um, you know, they essentially threatened to leave Australia and abandon the tour unless there was a right of appeal, and then they had to go and sit in front of a New Zealand High Court judge, an independent party who had nothing to do with it. Um, and and that's when Sachin Tendulkar perjured himself and said that uh, Nahabajan didn't say what he said. But that's another story. But I guess my point is that uh, the BCCI, when it suited them in the past, has gone looking for appeals processes and used them successfully. Um, yet in this case, for whatever reason, they're just they're choosing A, to ignore the pleas from Sri Sant to actually have a hearing, um, and B, they have no formal process, nor they, is there any uh, sounding boards or out there or any noises being made that there should be one in the future for any reason. Yeah, I suppose it's something that's going to rumble and rumble. And the kind of next thing on your agenda then is, I think uh, you you have Sri Santh on your show, uh, Can't Bowl, Can't Throw, uh, which is on Eon Sports Radio next week. Uh, he's going to be a guest on your show. You're looking forward to that? Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, uh, for your listeners who haven't discovered us, we, we are a live cricket show on Australian radio every week. It's... Uh, Seven o'clock on a Tuesday, Melbourne and Sydney time, and we put that out as a podcast, the Can't Bowl Can't Throw podcast, found in iTunes. I probably rank just below the uh, the Crick Index podcast. I'm sure on the on the iTunes <laughs> rankings. I think you're being overly <laughs> kind. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll have Sri Santhon. We'll, we'll we'll play a little segment with him called "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grade Cricketer?" First, just to ease him into it, and then we'll have a, a fairly deep discussion about his thoughts on. Um, I'm I'm really keen to ask him why he hasn't gone the legal route to try and uh, it's not even to clear his name it's just to set up a uh, an opportunity for um, for an, an appeal. Um, he obviously has some strong belief that uh, the BCCI is if he takes them on it could harm him in some way. But uh, I think he's being a little bit naive personally if if that's what he thinks. By the time he actually goes through this process, you'll probably find two things: one, everybody that he thinks can harm him will be if, will be kicked out. They will no longer be in there. And number two, they might even change their mind and say, actually, you know what? Let's raise the ban or let's let's run an appeals process and let the Supreme Court handle it or something. But uh, if Sri Santh doesn't make the move, I can't see the change coming. So I'm looking forward to sort of throwing those questions at him and see where his head's at. Yeah, so everyone that'll add a, a little bit more to a bit more flesh to the bones on this one if you uh, listen to Dennis and uh, his show uh, on Tuesday night. So uh, we'll round off with Dennis. We'll thank him for his time, and uh, I know it's late in Australia now, so we'll let him go and uh, tuck up in bed, and and we'll look forward to having Dennis back on the show in future. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, thanks, Eddie. I appreciate you having me, and uh, looking forward to uh, lis- listening to uh, the Creek Index podcast carry on for many years to come. Great stuff, uh, Eddie. Welcome to the Creek Index podcast. Thanks for having me back, Emmett. Uh, pleasure as always. Some really powerful stuff there from uh, Dennis Friedman, Eddie. So, where do things, you know, let's get straight to it. Where are things with the BCCI at the moment? From from as as you see it, because you are the you are Sri Sant's uh, UK associate, you know, director of Glenrothes Cricket Club, who Sri was hoping to play for uh, this coming season. Um, but he didn't get the uh, the NOC, uh, you know, permission, if you like, from the BCCI, even though there isn't an international ban, he, there is no ICC ban. So what is the latest uh, from the BCCI? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's one that's kind of been well publicised and Sri may wish to add some context to it as well. But we've been... Uh, Sri's kind of accepted, if you like, and just got on with his life over the past few years that the BCCI have this ban. And obviously there was this sort of carrot dangled uh, halfway through last year about the loader committee looking into the dealings and the business practices and the administration of the the BCCI from top to bottom. And obviously uh, a lot of rather nasty things have come out on the back of that. Uh, And uh, one of the positive things that Sri was hoping would come from that would perhaps be that a change of administration would see a different uh, view on his own situation, particularly given, and let's not forget the most important thing of all here, that a high court in Delhi cleared Sri of any wrongdoing two years ago. Now, people may have their own opinions on the rights or wrongs of that, but they are the facts. Sri was cleared 
of any wrongdoing in a court in Delhi almost two years ago. Now, where things are with the BCCI is quite simple, really. Uh, Sri wrote to them uh, most recently uh, back in December uh, through his state, through Jayesh, who is the uh, secretary of Kerala Cricket. And uh, he received a very, very simple reply. I think it was about one sentence, and it read something like this. It was uh, that... You, uh, as the player is serving a life ban, no NOC will be issued. So that was the BCCI. And Street had sent them quite a detailed uh, appraisal of everything and uh, really outlined his uh, position very clearly. But that was the reply. That was from uh, MV Sridhar, who, those who don't know, is one of the uh, general managers at the BCCI. Uh, it was copied into Ratnakar Shetty as well, who is the uh, administration manager at the BCCI. Now, uh, I've then, with Sri Sant, written to these two gentlemen uh, four or five times, actually, since uh, since that email was received to Jayesh. And uh, to date, they have uh, ignored and not even acknowledged any of these emails. Uh, but if you dig beneath the surface a little bit and you look at these two individuals in particular... Uh, first of all, uh, MV Sridhar, who's a former first-class cricketer... Uh, he should empathize with Sri Sant's situation. So I, I don't know what this chap has to hide. Uh, he's been called as part of the loader committee to resign uh, from the BCCI. He's served. Uh, these two gentlemen have both been asked to resign by the uh, loader committee. Uh, they've served uh, nine years with Hyderabad and Mumbai, respectively, that their time is done. Uh, so they're acting uh, in contravention of uh, a court order right now by staying at the BCCI. Uh and uh, the CEO, uh, Rahul Jory, has, I think, alluded to that as well. So I don't know what's going on with these two guys. Uh, they're ignoring males, but these are the two people that are making the decision on whether Sri Sant can play cricket or not. To me, that is absolutely outrageous. And uh, MV Sridhar, in particular, as a former first-class cricketer, should be absolutely ashamed of himself. Yeah, strong words already, but uh, you've, you've shown me the some of the correspondence as well. And it is quite jaw-dropping in that uh, there is one thing to uphold whatever ban is in place or whatever the point the point of view of the BCCI is but actually not to communicate that with you and then that means that you don't have a route of you know an easy route of appeal or where do you go to you know to have your case heard if you like you know where's your day in in court in this one Uh, so it leaves you in in a position where the only sort of road seems to be via the media to to get your voice heard yeah that's very true it's slightly deeper than that though uh the i mean some media i've spoken to i've spoken to a lot of media uh, over the past few weeks and uh some media including the biggest publisher in the world who i won't name for obvious reasons but they have uh, they published the Sri Sant case they spoke to Sri last week uh but they're not interested in the fact that the bcci are ignoring these communications they've also seen the communications that you said yourself you found jaw dropping uh some media have seen these, some haven't. Uh, the ones that have, and you'd expect they would, they would take issue with that, but some have chose chose not to. So, uh, and uh, at the behest of concern that the BCCI, I mean, there is talk that, and Sri maybe it's maybe worth asking Sri this himself. The uh, some some things I've heard during this whole uh, whole palaver is that uh, there is a concern that if the BCCI were to issue an NOC to Sri then it would be a case of them admitting wrongdoing since the High Court ruling, at which case Sri may have a civil case against them for loss of earnings from the IPL and Team India. Now, anyone that knows Sri, and you can ask him this yourself once I stop speaking, but the uh, anyone that knows Sri knows that that isn't Sri. That's not who the person is. That's not going to happen. Uh, so anyone taken over at the BCCI, anyone involved in Loda that's going to be involved in the BCCI over the next few weeks, that's not Sri Sant, and he'll confirm that himself, I'm sure. So... Uh, that's just a kind of set an agenda, set a tone there on what perhaps is the maybe we don't know. We're just guessing because the BCCI won't communicate. They've never sent three a formal letter confirming his ban. The BCCI only communicate by uh, press release, and as Dennis said, they and Dennis wrote quite eloquently in the past. The BCCI are a law unto themselves. They do not abide by any. They don't even abide by the laws of the land and the state, and they're not held accountable. And they're not held accountable by the ICC either, which I can chat about more in detail if required. 
Well, let's let's go on to the ICC then, because you have had correspondence with the ICC, I believe, uh, with uh, Yugendra Pal uh, uh, Singh. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that for us, Eddie? Yeah, well, Yagendra is uh, is actually just leaving the ICC just now. I spoke to him originally two years ago, and he put me in touch with Niraj Kumar, who uh, is a former police chief uh, in Delhi and uh, was involved in Sri Sant's arrest uh, back in 2013. And uh, and the uh, confession the uh, that was uh, extracted, shall we say, from Sri at the time. Uh, and uh, Niraj Kumar basically uh, went down the route of saying that uh, there's going to be more to come with this. The Delhi police will be challenging the ruling in the High Court. And everything was kind of left at that. So Yugendra at the ICC had put me on to that. Now, to add some context to who Yugendra is, Yugendra is another former policeman. And he's also from Delhi. And he is the ICC, or he was in charge, if you like, of the ICC's anti-corruption unit. So... Really, these communications have never gone away from people either involved with the BCCI or involved or based in Delhi. So that's where we are. Now, Yagendra is resigning uh, and his replacement at the ICC is being sought. But what I've asked Yagendra, and I've been relayed to uh, uh, someone in the BCCI's legal team by the name of Sally Clark. Uh, Sally has not replied to me as of yet, so I'm hopeful that will come in due course. But the, uh, the situation with the, the ICC is that they have a set of rules and regulations which effectively say that no player banned by any of their member boards may play in another international jurisdiction without an NOC, which to those wondering is a no objection certificate, allowing that player to play internationally so or overseas. So in Srisant's case, even though he has no contract with the BCCI, he has no ties to the BCCI, effectively by them having this ban on him, which has only ever been released in the media and they've never confirmed the reasons for the ban or the appeal process, then the ICC are allowing the BCCI to effectively uphold this ban worldwide. So what should in theory be a domestic ban is actually a worldwide ban as a result of the governing body, as in the ICC, uh, allowing the BCCI to act the way they have. So just to just to clarify that, uh, Eddie, so your understanding of the way the law is is that if the BCCI, for whatever reason, want to ban Sri San, they can do domestically, but from an international point of view. So if he wants to play in the Big Bash or somewhere like that, even if he just wants to come to somewhere like Scotland to play, he should be allowed to because there is no ICC ban. Have I got it right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's a big difference. I mean, Sri's Twitter has been quite uh, quite manic over, and a lot of people compare his case to the one of the Pakistan players, uh, such as uh, Mohammed Amir and things. But they were banned by the ICC. They were found guilty in a criminal court. Sri has not been found guilty in a criminal court. In fact, his case was thrown out of a criminal court because it was one of the weakest cases they'd ever seen. Uh, so case thrown out, not guilty, uh, and no ban by the ICC, but not allowed to play just because of a ban by the BCCI. Whereas on the contrary to that, you have Mohammed Amir found guilty, served time in a juvenile detention centre in London, and uh, never banned by his own board, so never banned by the PCB. Uh, once his ICC ban ended actually earlier than his ICC ban was scheduled, he's playing international cricket again, and uh, everything's fine in, in, in his garden, shall we say. Uh, whereas Sri, on the other hand, is subject to the, the ICC not willing to intervene. Surely, surely the BCCI must have to at least clarify their appeal process if they intend to uh, if they intend to uphold this ban, which is affecting his uh, his whole livelihood uh, in terms of cricket, even club cricket. Never mind the big bash. He's basically being denied to travel and play club cricket as an amateur purely on a voluntary basis. So we're not even talking about livelihood here. Um, I was going to take you back to that, Eddie, in terms of so as director of Glenrothes Cricket Club. Uh, where, when did you first come across uh, Shrisant? How did that happen? How did the how did the the, the friendship come about? Sri and I met a few years ago. It was a uh, an event in London called the Titans of Cricket. It was actually broadcast on Sky TV here in the UK, and it was a uh, it had Andrew Flintoff involved, uh, Marcus Truscothic, and uh, I think Sri was part of the Indian team that uh, took part in that. It was an indoor event at the O2 in London. Uh, I was one of the, my company at the time was one of the sponsors of that event and uh, just kind of at the uh, at the sort of backstage sort of dealings after the show, uh, Sri and I uh, had a chat, kind of 
met met each other and then sort of stayed in touch over the past few years and we've been in touch all well lately we're in touch almost daily but uh, it's, uh, uh other than that i've just kind of followed Sri and we just chat from time to time and uh i kind of felt compelled on speaking with him to try and help him with this if i could uh in the fact that that, that I don't mean to sound like the beacon of justice or anything, but there is a there is a, a lot of wrongdoing been done to this person, and uh, more so even than cricket. That's a, that's a bigger thing here. That's a bigger issue here. He's been wronged, and uh, he almost has no recourse of justice, and that to me just seems wrong. So, have we got any clarification from Cricket Scotland's point of view? So, you know, there you're there wanting Sri Santh to come to Scotland to play on a voluntary basis, some club cricket. You know, we're not talking international uh, T20 cricket or anything like that. What's the position of Cricket Scotland from any communications that you've had with them? Well, the background on it has always been that Sri and I have joked in the past and we've kind of had our conversations in the time that once his ban is uh, is reduced, he'd love to come over to Scotland and, and have a season in the in the Scotland Premier League as part of his comeback. So that's kind of where the that's kind of the background into why why Glenrothes and why Scotland, because that's where I that's where I live and that's the club that I'm involved with. Uh, the uh, Cricket Scotland, uh, in fairness, they have been communicative. Uh, Malcolm Cannon, who's the CEO of Cricket Scotland and is a uh, and his competition's uh, administrator, Ramsey Allen, have been communicative throughout the whole time. I first approached them three years ago regarding this. So uh, just to confirm that, indeed, they would not allow the registration of Sri Sant on the back of his uh, BCCI ban, uh, which has stood firm and was since my most recent communications with them were only last week. And they're very helpful. They confirm all the guidelines that they're, they're that they have to abide by. Uh, and their ICC rules and regulations and uh, rules from the ICC anti-corruption unit. And uh, they state quite clearly, just as we've said earlier, that uh, whilst a domestic ban from the BCCI applies, then Cricket Scotland would not allow a club in its jurisdiction, such as Glenrothes, to register the player. But uh, in terms of Cricket Scotland, can't fault them. I mean, they're... uh, they're not really a player in this because at the end of the day they can't do anything and they're unable to they're unable to they're unable to allow the club to register the player so their their hands are somewhat tied. Good sir, Sant, let's bring yourself back in. <laughs> uh, Sri, what are the, what are your next steps? What are your next steps then? So, are you you know Dennis Friedman is very clear in that he doesn't think that any changes uh, you know post uh, loader committee in the BCCI is going to have any effect on anything. Uh, are you still hopeful? What's your what's your next step? What do you how do you feel about the situation? Yeah, I must first of all thank Eddie because he's been very helpful and motivating me and all that. Thank you. And I was a bit emotional now because uh, nobody in India is supporting as much as a Scottish guy supporting me and. You guys are really, really helping me. So, uh, you know, I really hope uh, it makes a difference. So I am really hopeful. A lot of people uh, really, really want me to play again. And uh, uh, the way I am bowling, I think I, I totally deserve. And he, he spoke about, uh, you know, Mohammad Amir as well. So it's absolutely, I'm, I'm on the same page because uh, uh, he's been guilty. He's been, um, people keep comparing and it hurts because I should not be compared with him. He's guilty and he's been punished. I am not guilty. I'm not... I'm completely off, but still I'm getting ill-treated, in maybe more than a terrorist. And I shouldn't even be using this word, but uh, it's, it's more than livelihood. I say the respect, the the pride which I had playing and the, and the respect from a small kid when I go to an academy or a school. Uh, there is so much to cricket, uh, even after cricket. So uh, I sometimes really feel bad um, the way I'm getting treated and uh, but then you know there is no point of me playing a blaming game so i will i i told myself that i am just going to focus on my fitness uh, start bowling again start playing a lot of practice matches it's my grounds so and no one can stop me uh, keep playing and uh, god willing uh, if everything goes gets sorted as uh, you said earlier now um, this lother committee surely will come into effect because uh, today i think there are lots of reforms happen today and I am surely going to approach them in the from from next week. Uh, you know, whoever was in power is absolutely uh, nowhere now. So I better start fresh. It might take a couple of weeks, maybe a month, but I will not give up. I will I will make sure, uh, as Eddie said very clearly about it. I've been I've been treated uh, really uh, very badly for a two World Cup winner, and I was fortunate to be a part of. Um, the test rank number one when we became rank number for the first time. 
so uh, why why would i waste my uh, cricketing years uh, like this i i i really hope uh, you know i really don't i don't i don't really get what will happen to bcci if i go and play in scotland what will happen i i i don't get it i i am just uh, in one way i am helpless because as eddie said clearly and everybody knows uh, as bcci i i am srishant i played cricket because of kerala cricket association or i should say my district ernakulam district cricket association they all are under bcci so i respect the bcci throughout and eddie first itself said uh, for me i am not going to go against the bcci and try and put them in the court make money out of it no what is gone is gone i want to play cricket and fresh again start it all over again from the scratch i have to play club cricket perform there i am not saying put me in the indian team i want to play the world cup no i will prove my mettle and if i am good enough i myself will be available for selection so what is wrong and what guarantee that i'll get selected at least allow me to start my academy allow me to start using my ground uh, my facilities and there are so many youngsters even for a kerala state uh, we are nowhere in ranji trophy now i would love to help my youngsters uh, everybody is in touch but i want to be uh, in the ground playing with them even with glenroth is it's it's a great opportunity for me i uh, i saw safan bowling the other day uh, in in a match and he's he's been signed by glenroth and he's such a great talent he's a world class bowler and i would love to work with him i would love to work with a lot of youngsters and pass the message i was fortunate enough to play with a lot of uh, legends like tendulkar to ponding to a lot of people uh, you know so whatever i have learned whatever humble experience i have would love to share it and pass it on uh, cricket is bigger than anybody so i i really hope bcci uh, give, gives me permission um, you know if a person who is guilty and been punished and accepted can play international and as he rightly said uh, eddie rightly said in his garden is full of flowers my i don't even have a garden so i really hope i really hope i get to play and i'm 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 just hoping for the best shri you said that um last time we spoke as well you were very respectful of the bcci because you said that the bcci gave you the chance to play for the national team to to fulfill all your childhood dreams when you put on the blue jersey of india um a year on now uh and the way the bcci are with all the loader committee you know with all their battle in the supreme court with the loader committee uh, recommendations and all this kind of business i is your attitude changed slightly in that yeah fair enough you're not you're not looking for compensation or anything like that of the years lost but are I, you willing to go against the bcci in court now to say you know what you, i have I am, to demand I, my justice and, and go I, forward I, I like will, that I, I, Uh, to be very honest with you i will wait for a bit because whoever was in power is no more i shouldn't uh, abuse or i should not go against an association because of certain reasons i will wait because everything is reformed and i really hope the new administration whoever is administrators i'll go meet them in person i will uh, rest my case with them and then let's see let's see what their decision uh, if if i have to go to the worst i, I think i might go and uh, not for uh, not for defamation or anything but i will file a case against my ban so that i win the ban and not waste my uh, cricketing career uh, not waste my cricketing years so uh, if if i am not allowed to play uh, at least club cricket and the best part i must say this amit i still haven't received a ban letter then how can they say i have i have banned even now with scotland cricket uh, even or even to play for glenrothes they are not given me a ban letter then how why do i need an noc why they have answerable to any everything they are not even responding i have been sending emails from the time my ban, my case got over they are not responding whatsoever they are responding to my association why can't they respond to me there is no postal uh, letter which has been given my emails uh, no no black and white letter is given to my association or my club or my district association stating that srishant cannot play and he is banned yes they did give me a suspension letter black and white in 2013 when i was in jail when the suspension got over they banned me for life on tv and papers but not on black and white written letter 
and any order which is under the law if it is passed anywhere in the world it has to come in effect in 90 days which didn't happen it's been more than almost 2 years now when it comes to Ju- july 25th uh, my case got over in 2015 it's going to be 2017 uh it is already 2017 i'm sorry yeah so see i have lost count because i am i am so helpless that i don't have a ban but they have a, a so called ban by words but not not in paper so even if i go to court what do i say in court uh, and he gave your thoughts on uh, what shri saying there well there's clearly uh there's clearly a legal precedent here as long as the, B- the BCCI continue to ignore him i totally understand what sri saying and it's again respectful to the BCCI as sri has been all along uh there's no doubt about that he's uh he's been very respectful to the BCCI probably in my opinion too respectful but he has his reasons for that it's his life it's his career so he has to make those decisions uh but the uh there is a legal case undoubtedly i've spoken to sports lawyers sri spoken to sports lawyers there is a there's a case of jurisdiction it probably has to take place in india to start with the bcci would have to be challenged if they continue to reject the uh, noc and obviously these things take time uh sri doesn't have a lot of time on his hands so it totally makes sense to see and plead if you like with a reformed bcci which we expect uh, within the next couple of weeks uh, hopefully uh, mrs uh, sridhar and shetty will be no more uh and uh maybe even one day their reasons for their ignorance uh, and arrogance on this case will come to light because we don't know what they are so uh potentially the change at the bcci even if even if it's like what dennis said even if it's not a direct correlation to the work and the remit of the loader committee it will still be as three says a new uh, a new body of people so let's only hope that the work that's being done in the media the things like this podcast that we're recording here today will uh will help three situation and uh we may see a, a more favorable uh, humanitarian if you like that looks at uh, sri's case once the and at least right replies even if not to issue the noc at least confirm the appeal process at least confirm the evidence that that uh, that led to the ban of sri sant because that has never been done so uh, really that's that's the upshot of it but right through the courts i mean uh, it, the bc the, an indian an indian sports lawyer uh, would be the first stage and uh but i think shri will tell you himself he he intends to play cricket again so whilst he's being respectful to the bcci if this had to go all the way to the court of arbitration for sport in switzerland and that's where it will go uh it's up to the bcci and the icc if they want to be involved in that process but uh at some stage they're going to have to so uh i yep. call on i call on them both to listen because uh they're going to have to get involved in this process at some time they could make all this go away very quickly uh but that's their that's their decision A question question to both of you is that how have your initial um meetings and things been going with the lawyers and so on or you know with legal representatives of various companies as to what kind of case you have do you feel you're in a position of strength well some of the points that Sri made are the case uh because there is no case that's the simplicity of it you know what i mean there's not there's not a lot have there's not a lot of foundation that has to be generated here because the facts are the facts and they're crystal clear and that's how the law works the law works uh, to a large extent on black and white and uh and that doesn't exist in this case so uh the the discussions with the lawyers have been very positive the only reason that things are on hold right now is a matter of jurisdiction and a matter of shrebian continuing to be respectful to the bcci so it's uh it's one of those things that, as i say it would have to start in india i mean the the scottish sports lawyers that we've spoken to the lawyers in zurich in switzerland at this stage the advice is to go through the indian process so uh we'll see let's let the bcci reforms take place within the next couple of weeks uh if need be sri will write to the bcci again uh when we get a new name to replace uh either sridhar or uh or shetty and then from that process we uh we take it forward and see uh and see what the ice the bcci has to say uh shri so at the moment your position is that you are going to wait until the the dust settles on the reshuffling and the reorganization of the bcci see who's in power at that stage take your case once again to the bcci to say reconsider the situation uh and then if everything falls on deaf ears so you don't hear anything you know you haven't got that many you haven't got that much time to waste and then along with Eddie uh, you're more you're prepared to fight through the courts if you have to I know there's not to. much time but then 
I will I will surely uh, I I will I will wait uh, not so long but I will wait for a bit um, I will surely go meet them in person because for me as I said earlier I respect the situation more than anything else and uh, just because of few administrators I should not go against an association so I I want to get a clear picture uh, one more thing I want to say here is uh, I haven't told AD also which I have only decided like couple of hours back that i can tell the whole world i am actually going to play my next league match in kerala for my club uh, which the one the decision which i want to do is to play for my club i really want to know how can an umpire uh, who i call or any cricketer calls sir stop me from playing that match without a letter so is this is this breaking news then shri and that you're going to play for your first i am surely going to go that's on the february for kerala but i really hope i get to uh get get the noc and fly to scotland and be in scotland and play there uh, in this uh, summer and uh, you know perform really well because uh, england cricketer or english cricketer or scottish i mean english cricketer has really helped me to be where i am so i on a personal note uh, i spoke to my lawyers here they said you don't have a ban how can you say you are banned you don't have a letter in your hand which says you are a banned so why are you not playing cricket for the last 3 years i don't understand srishant you should just go to the ground and play and see if the umpire stops you how can the umpire stop you without valid point which is a written letter from the association how can the kerala cricket association ban me from playing without getting a letter from bcci how can the bcci ban me without uh, making the ban official by writing a letter who have you spoken to shri at the uh, kerala cricket association to i spoke to, to the secretary jesh Yes. Uh, no, no. They are, I haven't told the association that I'm playing. Now this is the first person in public that I've told, uh, which Eddie is more like a family to me now. So this is the first person, even though it's a recorded call. I don't mind telling this because I am going to play on the February 18th, the 19th. It's my league game for my own club. I am going to go in the ground with my whites and I'm going to play the league match. If I get stopped, yes, give me the letter. Otherwise, match will continue and I will play and there won't be any ban and I'll be on the next flight to Scotland. Fantastic. And that's uh, that's some development. That's that's definitely action is being taken there. Eddie, your thoughts there? Well, we speak every day, but he didn't tell me that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eddie. Because yeah. I, you know, I was in, I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, you know, I'm go- moving to my God's grace, my dream house uh, uh, in a couple of days' time. And I was at the puja and I was doing this uh, traditional, uh, you know, the Hindu way of, uh, you know, the religious stuff. And I don't know. Something tell me the inner voice, and I said, "There is no letter. Then who can stop me from playing?" Yeah, I suppose in some ways, and it's again, it's you know. So I said, if if they have to stop me, they will have to write me a letter and give that Srishant, you are banned. Then I can go against them in the court. But now, if I go to the court, what do I tell the court about BCC? I can. I don't have an email which is a ban. I don't have a reply from the association. I only have mails which I have sent to the association saying lift my ban, lift my ban. But where is the ban? Yeah, so so far you're almost in a situation where going to play that game, it's like, well, you're almost saying somebody stop me. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah, it's yes, in- because I am. I have become so desperate to play cricket. Uh, if I am banned, give me the letter in writing and say, Sri Shant. You are banned for life. You are not allowed in this ground. You are not allowed to play cricket. Give me the letter. So I will. I will only tell the umpire. Give me the letter. If you if you don't want me to play, let the Kerala Cricket Association or my district cricket association give me a letter stating you cannot play. Uh, Shri Sandhya, I must advise you though that uh, you know just because you're available for selection doesn't mean you'll be selected. You know there are a lot of good fast bowlers in the Kerala team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very honest, uh, Amit. Uh, right now I'm not uh, nothing bossing around, but the way I'm bowling and the way I am, um, in fact, hitting a couple of long ones. So I I think I am even now as we speak I should be the best fast bowler, uh, if not uh, if not one among the best, if not the best in the country right now. Uh, that's, it's good to hear, and, and obviously I'm only joking around. I'm sure the uh, the Kerala team would love to have you. On board. I'm, but I was not joking. I'm, I'm very serious. <laughs> you're, you're in good shape. You've got the natural outswing. It's yes, all, it's and all I, I've got the late swing. In in fact, uh, when I, when the case got over, I wasn't playing much cricket, and I was not really bowling well. And I I told myself, unless until I lose my weight, 
I get that late swing, I should not be on the ground. So, I worked hard on my fitness. Uh, I started bowling fast again. Um, and uh, the speed gun, which obviously I have a, a, my own speed gun. So, in the normal speed gun, which, which shows 140 plus. So, I hope on a very good wicket, I should be able to uh, clock the way I used to clock 145s and 150s awfully. And I say, well, Eddie, the, the precedence has been set there. If, uh, if Srisant ends up playing for the Kerala team, then Cricket Scotland would have no, no objection, surely, you'd, you'd assume, because uh, the precedent has been set. It's slightly different. I mean, Sri's talking about playing for his club. He's not talking about playing first-class cricket for Kerala. No, 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 only club, uh, only club. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, a little bit di- it's a little bit different. And at the end of the day, no matter, no matter it's a statement. Sri's looking to make a statement. That's his right. Uh, everything he says is true. Uh, and as a person, that's his right to, to sort of challenge this ban. And let's see if they, let's see if anyone from the BCCI sh- shows up on the 18th of February and asks him not to play. Uh, like Sri says, I don't think any umpires will be turning around and telling him he's not to play. What sanctions his club could face, I have absolutely no idea. But the way the BCCI communicate, who knows? You know, I, I, mean, I have, I have it, seven clubs and three club plays in the edition, so one can get banned, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so there you go. But I don't think it changes anything, should we say, in terms of Sri's challenging his ban and he's challenging it publicly at that point. But uh, Cricket Scotland's uh, statute shall uh, shall certainly still need an NOC from the from the uh, BCCI as things stand. Yep. But it's a decisive statement from uh, Sri Sant there that you've uh, you've all heard it uh, on the Cricket Index podcast, and it sets uh, if you do end up playing, which we hope you do, uh, it sets a precedent and. Uh, no, I'm I'm ready to face the consequences because nothing worse can I shouldn't be saying it online, but nothing worse uh, could happen than a jail which I went that to TR jail, which is the worst thing that could happen to a human being, and I went through that for 27 days, and it was not hell, maybe it was worse than hell. So I've already faced the worst, and my dad went through a couple of uh, attacks and open heart surgeries, and my family went through a lot of things. I went through a lot of things, so. I am ready to face anything and everything. So I am just telling the world there is no nobody knows. Every business official I've been telling on TV and press, Sushant is banned for life. Sushant is that. Sushant is this. If you got anything against me, show it live on TV that Sushant has done it. Show it. What do you have which the court doesn't have? Then if if you have something like that, then why don't you write? Give me in writing, Sushant. You cannot come onto the ground or play. Which is the Indian law, not just Indian law. Anywhere in the world, the law says you go to give it in writing. If I am not, if I am suspended, give it me in writing. If I am banned, give me in writing. Uh, a man without a license goes in the road. I am just saying a small example. If a cop catches him, asks for license, he says, "Yeah, I have a license. Yes, I it's at home." Will that affect? Will Will the cop stop you, or will the cop? Uh, what, what do you do there? We We understand your sentiments, there, Sri. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there, guys. I think that's a, a, a good show. And, uh, Shree, thank you for your, your candid and frank comments. Um, we well, wish, we wish you well. Uh, you know, honestly, for myself as well, we wish you well. I hope to see you uh, back in the Cricket Whites. Uh, you're a good character Absolutely. and it's good for cricket, I, I will, good for I, Indian cricket. I will, I will send you the uh, video uh, when I'm once I bowl the first bowl on a club match. <laughs> the most controversial, The most controversial club match of the century, maybe. <laughs> in, in, indeed and it's peculiar it's peculiar times that we live in when the high court of Delhi can say that this is the the truth yet the BCCI and media and whoever else can say no no that's not the case this is the case so and one more th- one sorry uh, just before you wrap it up I just want to say this because uh, you know I, one more thing I don't uh, really uh, I have not said anything much on that is See, I have, I have already, I have keep telling my friends and family, if I'm guilty, put me in the jail. Don't give me a life. You know, I keep telling this. I say, if if you find me guilty, and I, I the best friend of mine is my dad, and uh, you know, uh, when my dad went through what he went through, and which I saw, uh, I, I I just hope, you know, nothing like this could happen because I want to play cricket again to show. Not just to bowl 140 or 150 or get wickets and get 100 test wickets or 200 test wickets. I want to play that one game for my family and 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 to, for me to show not just that I'm good enough, but I'm here to uh, not make a statement to anybody but my family. Nothing else. 
because on twitter on facebook or any social sites a lot of people still abuse me uh, out of 100 percentage maybe 90 percent support me there is this 10 percentage who is like you are a match fixer you are done this uh, you know they come after me as if i am the worst thing that could happen to the world but all i can say to all of these people who's been talking against me i come from a family uh, where uh, i used to be called i still remember i used to have white line fever the moment i crossed that white line i never used to even listen to the captain and that's a fact dhoni has said that in so many times in public and how can i take an offer from somebody who is a nobody to me for a what 10 lakh rupees when i used to come and party in england i used to spend more than 3800 pounds a night or maybe 4000 pounds a night to party so when it comes to that they were accusing me of something that to on cricket and anybody i have been accused of giving 14 runs which a lot of people know four balls five runs were given i want to ask the whole world even if i am bowling at 90 km per hour will you be able to hit the next two balls to the boundary i really don't get it and i haven't bowled a slower ball i haven't bowled a no ball i haven't uh, i haven't bowled a wide it's it's very strange i just i why i am saying this to uh, i have not told this on in public so i just want the cricket lovers to actually you know see that over once again and uh, touch their heart and say that rishan did it trust me 100% of people will say he's not done it because the way i bowled and i was coming out of surgery i have steel rods in both my big toes i have six surgeries i did that in uh, london hospital so i have steel rod on my both the big toes through titanium nails through my bones i played all that with uh, the pain and a guy like that who is trying to make a comeback to the national squad to play go to south africa september october series uh, will do some stupid thing like that is is it is that serious indeed somebody somebody there's one that, no but it's, it's it's very true I mean, somebody that's got the accolades uh, you know people from your state haven't represented the country many times you're a unique person from that angle you've won the world cup twice why would you be there uh doing this kind of uh, for, for what you were saying yourself is in cricketing terms in the modern age is small money why would you be putting your career at risk uh, and, and, and on the funny side is when i do a stage show i get 25 lakhs for a appearance why why would why wouldn't i just go to stage show rather than bowl one bad over which will affect my career uh, if i if, if i give one more than 10 runs it will affect me in the next selection so i have always tried Uh, to give my best to every single ball even in yeah. training i don't make friends in even in the nets yeah no we we understand you uh, shri and thank you again really appreciate your thoughts thank you very uh, much um, and eddie thanks a lot really appreciate it and thanks for doing this for me and i really hope uh, this podcast uh, the way you really guys helped me the last year i really hope uh, this uh, you know i've been listened to a lot of people and uh, i really hope they uh, you know they they can't do anything but yeah at least pray for me and my family to be strong and uh, keep going that's it all you shri sant fans out there like us on facebook <laughs> uh, get you know get sharing the video on twitter sharing the podcast uh, and uh, and let's get it out there into the public domain uh, eddie gibbs once again director of glenrothes cricket club thank you for your thoughts thank you amma Grace of a very emotional Shreesan there, uh, and we'll catch you again on the next Crick Index podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.